We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, February 10th, 2017. DJ Trainer here, joined by Shannon McEwen Ken, and Ken Kreitz. All aboard! Find us on Twitter, at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, and directly on the Rotowire website itself. Ken, based on that poor intro by myself, you would hardly believe that this is an award-winning podcast. Damn right! We, over the week, won an FSWA, Fantasy Sports Writers Association, award for the best podcast, non-baseball, non-football. Is that, is that yeah, what baby. it stands for? It said all sports slash right. multi-sport. Yep, so everything besides baseball and football so we were going up against soccer we were going up against podcasts that do all sports combined we won we won we won baby this this show won so 
Much thanks to President Andy Barons and everybody that went into judging that. A uh, long process for them, but award-winning nonetheless. Congratulations. Andy, Andy does a crazy amount of work yeah. for the FSWA. Also, listeners, can you believe there's actually an FSWA, a Fantasy Sports Writers Association, in addition to the Fantasy Sports Trade Association? This group needs two bo- governing bodies. <laughs> you had to keep us down. Three amigos running wild here. Let's get into it. Breaking news. And unfortunately, uh, it's some sad ones. Ken, I know you're not in the Madison office with us here, but it looks like all our Bucks fans that we work with have just been punched, punched in the gut. Jabari mm. Parker expected to miss 12 months with a torn ACL in his left knee. Happens to be the same knee he previously tore just two years ago during his rookie season, Ken. It's got to be, at this point, you, you really worry about Parker's career, right? You start having multiple serious injuries to the same I mean, we're getting into Derrick Rose territory here. Uh, yeah, terrible luck for the Bucks. Shannon, uh, how bad? You know, Shannon, who do you trust at power forward for these Bucks? Oh, that that's that's a tough question. I'm sad about the Parker news. I'm not a Bucks fan. Yes, we I live near Milwaukee, um, but I'm not from the area. But this I know, still I know, you're a Pistons fan, but yeah, I, you're this, you're living there. I'm, this you know. saddens me. I mean, he's he was an exciting player. Just kind of coming into his own, averaging 20 points and six rebounds per game. Like, basically all-star level production this season. Um, and still just 21. He was really going to explode in the next couple of years. And I hope this doesn't set him back. But it, it's hard to think it won't, um, given it's a second knee injury, the, the same knee. Um, huh. As far as the Bucks moving forward, I mean... Do they? They're, they're in a tailspin, anyways. They just got Chris Middleton back, but the team's lost like twelve of fifteen or something along those lines. So you have you have Thon Maker could get in the mix. I could see him maybe just you cutting the leash off him, letting him run a bunch. Beasley's there. Toledovic, I don't know. Does Spencer Hawes get more minutes? You know, he's he's going to be cleared for action probably this weekend. Who's who's the seasonal? This is to you too, also DJ. But who you know? Give me one name that if you're in a season long league, who's the pickup? That's the hard part, and I was asked this question this morning as well. And I went with Michael Beasley just because I know that when he's on the court, he looks to score, um, and that's something that you know there's going to be a big void left by Jabari Parker. They need to score. You know, Mirza Teledovic can score the ball, but he needs to be set up. He needs you know a, a screen or something for him. An so actual he- a true point guard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They need an actual true point guard. So I think Beasley from a production standpoint is going to be the most consistent from now to the end of the season. But I'd be absolutely lying if 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 I didn't meant if I didn't say that I think that time is going to be split by all the players that Shannon mentioned. So Thon Maker, Toledovic and Michael Beasley to the point where I don't know if one of them is truly going to have standard league relevancy. And we hate that in terms of fantasy. We want all the minutes just to go to one player. We don't even care which one. Uh, but I think they're going to be spread out evenly. Yeah, I, I would that, say I would say they're they're actually going to be streaming options. So maybe yeah. Beasley's the streaming option for the first week or two. Um, then then maybe you see an uptake uptick from Greg Monroe. He probably isn't available in most leagues, uh, but I could certainly see him getting at least a couple more minutes a game because of this. Um, I mean, he started off in the NBA as a power forward, so that that could work. Um, it, it's I tough. Saw, I, I think long term. I, I saw Maker, Maker. I saw Maker get a DNP the other. Day this week is he hurt or what happened with maker there 
he's a rookie that still has a lot of things to learn. And so if, if the Bucks truly did want to throw away this season and not even fight for the A seed in the East, then we will be seeing a lot of Thonmaker. And, you know, when that probably does happen at some point later on this year, we'll see him. But, uh, you know, Jason Kidd with his rotations are, are kind of odd to begin with, and he certainly doesn't appreciate a rookie who's not fundamentally sound, if you will, Ken. They're, they're last place in the Central Division. I just... I don't think they're going to be able to make a playoff push without Jabari Parker, even even if two weeks from now, once mm-hmm. Middleton's 100%, I just don't think they have enough. So let, let's assume they continue to lose at a pretty sizable clip like they have the past few weeks. It's going to be the Thon Maker Show. Come, come like March 1st for the final five or six weeks of the season, Thon Maker. So let me jump in real quick and talk about season-long relevancy. Um, obviously, Jabari Parker is done for the season. Feel free to drop him. But here's the thing, his initial timetable is 12 months, meaning that he should go undrafted next year. Next year, yeah. Essentially, you treat him exactly however you treated Chris Middleton. And for me, Chris Middleton went undrafted, and really nobody started picking Chris Middleton up until the last couple of weeks. So that's the exact same situation we have with Jabari Parker. And to be honest with you, because it's his second one, uh, it could be even longer than that where you don't even pick up Jabari Parker maybe at any point next season, unfortunately. Yeah, best case scenario, he's coming back like the All-Star break next year, right? Right. I I don't even, even in like keeper leagues, sorry, Ken, to interrupt, even in keeper leagues, I'm cutting him loose. I'm not keeping him. I'm I'm not going to take up that roster spot with him. That is award-winning analysis, gentlemen. All right, let's move on to uh, the Nuggets and their injury woes. Emmanuel Moutier. Out with a back issue. Kenneth Fareed out with an ankle issue. And the rooster, Danilo Gallinari, the groin, g-g-groin injury. That's my Sam Malone there. G-g-groin injury. All expected to sit out Friday at MSG, which I'm thinking of now referring to as just the den of evilness. Um, with those three nuggets out, who are you looking to explode in New York tonight, gentlemen? Uh, first, the most important question come from that is, DJ, do you know who Sam Malone is? I have no idea. <laughs> I appreciate when you drop a reference that smooth, the I just don't reference. say anything and just nod my head. <laughs> Cheers! Sam Malone was the bartender at Cheers, played oh. by Ted Danson. Okay. And in one of the later episodes, the post-blonde... Oh, I'm blanking on the blonde. When they Chris, moved to the brunette... Christy Alley? When they moved to Christy Alley, one of the Christy Alley episodes... Sam Malone, the character of the former Red Sox pitcher, got a gig doing sports on the local news station, and he was terrible. And in his final, one of his final uh, on-air appearances, in an act of desperation, he to appeal to the kids, he did a rap song about oh, groin injuries, no. <laughs> and the. Uh, refrain was groin injury and every time I read a groin injury, I can't help but think huh. you, Shannon, you knew what I was talking oh, about, yeah. right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. YouTube it. I'll send you. You know what? We're going to put this pod as an article on Rotowire because there's like five things I want to embed in that article, and one of which will be Sam Malone's groin injury. All right. Now back on track. Sorry. I just I had to verify that you had. Yeah, exactly. Did. Yeah, well, yeah, back to when, when Shannon saw me nodding my head and looking clueless, he he's like, he I need to expose him, even though this is not on video. <laughs> Sadly, way too much of my content appeals to the 45 and older uh, <laughs> podcast listeners, which is really not our target demographic at all. If, if anyone is 45 and older and listening to this pod, please go to the website and comment on the article. But back to the Nuggets. Moutier, Fareed, and Gallinari are out. Who goes big tonight for the Nugs in Madison Square Garden? 
This is something Shannon and I have talked about quite a bit this week, and we've gone back and forth. Um, but it's pretty easy to tell that when you have these all three of these, it's Wilson Chandler and it's Will Barton. So Will Barton is going to be small forward eligible. He's going to be shooting guard eligible in some places. But you know what? When Emmanuel Moutier is off the court, he does a lot of the ball handling and the ball distributing to the point where he has a lot of value because of his assist potential. Usually when these three guys are out, what they do is they shift Wilson Chandler down to power forward, and then technically Will Barton plays small forward. Um, but when Jameer N- Nelson is on the court or you know your starting point guard, usually bench him and just let Barton run like a, a point forward type of thing. So I think we're definitely in agreement that Will Barton and Wilson Chandler are the two guys that Chan and I will definitely be laying hard into uh, during tonight's DFS, but is there any other implications that I'm not aware of or we're not aware of? Those are really the two guys, and we, we've seen it. I mean, as soon as the news came down, it came, it came down pretty early yesterday that these three guys were going to sit out on Friday night. As soon as that, that news came out, I said, okay, I'm building my, my DFS lineup around Will Barton and Wilson Chandler. I mean, Will Barton, the past two games, in the same scenario, Fareed played 10 minutes before he tweaked his ankle again um, in the previous game. Past two games, Will Barton, 37 and 38 minutes. He's, got, he's averaged about 47 fantasy points per game in those two outings. You're going to see another big night from him. It's going to be well-rounded. Like you said, he's going to pick up a good number of assists. He, he does a decent job getting defensive stats when he gets those extended minutes. And then Chandler... Chandler, just every time Gallinari's out, you're like, all right, he's a solid player. We've seen him go off for, for upper 40 points multiple times. With in Gallinari in the lineup. Yeah, even. yeah, even with Gallinari in the lineup. And, and there's some risk here. I mean, he didn't have a great game against the Knicks earlier this season, but I still like him going back to New York, playing against his former team, you know, shorthanded Nuggets team, and really having a big night. The one other option that's available and I, I'm not really on him yet but I could be talked into it is Jamal Murray yeah you know he's been seeing over 20 minutes a game on the reg and and it's only resulted in about one fancy point per minute which is good it's just that when we're talking 20 21 22 minutes it's not he's not gonna be boatloaded points if he if right, he but, were, but Shannon but Shannon to use DJ's phrase if there's one nugget you're gonna be laying hard on who's it gonna be I was hoping you guys didn't really listen to me while I was saying that. Award-winning material right there. (laughs) Who's it going to be, Shannon? One nugget to lay hard on. Will Barton. Okay. So one thing about Jamal Murray. That's the picture I'm going to Photoshop for the article. All right. Whatever. I'll own up to it. I'm man enough to say I'm going to lay hard into uh, somebody. Okay. So – we talked to Nick Whalen and I talked to Harrison Wynn of BSN Denver at the beginning of the season and he was he was raving about Jamal Murray potentially being able to take over a mm-hmm. large part of the point guard duties moving forward especially if if the organization wasn't uh, you know wasn't settled on Emmanuel Mudiay so I've been kind of waiting especially with Emmanuel Mudiay out of the lineup for them to say you know what let's just do it a little bit of trial by fire Jamal Murray you're going to be our point guard so I wouldn't be entirely surprised Shannon if late tonight once this box score is all settled that we look at it and we say what the heck Jamal Murray got 32 points and 10 assists or eight assists Um, you know that potential is there 
because management does want to try that out at some point, but the fact that they're actually uh, in playoff contention, I think, has delayed that happening. And so, for as are long you, as are the, you saying Murray has a shot at point guard? I always always assumed he was shooting guard. No, he, he natural no, natural position is point guard. He there's quotes out there from this week him raving about how he enjoys playing point guard, yeah. how he's happy that he's gotten some run there in the past week. So they're they're really moving it along slow, especially because they're in the playoffs, and you're going to run out with Bartlett or Bar- Barton more so because. Because you know he's more reliable, but at some point, you know they they really do want to try Jamal Murray at point guard. So it could be tonight, but I still think that Will Barton and, and Wilson Chandler are the better plays, even per dollar value. I would. All right, gentlemen. Oh, I, go ahead. I, would, I got. I've got one more point about Jamal Murray. Anyone who is now projecting him for thirty-two points and, and ten assists, like like DJ oh, uh, quoted, just just know that this is a guy who has not scored thirty points in the NBA yet, and. and Really, I think his career high in assists is only six. So don't go in expecting 32 and 10 from the rookie. For what it's worth, I'm looking it up now. Murray is $4,000 on FanDuel. So certainly affordable. Well, now I'm rooting for Murray to go for 32 points and and, and, and actually listed at point guard, not shooting guard. So I apologize for the... uh, but you're yeah, right, Ken. When he came out of the draft, it was all shooting guard, shooting, shooting guard. Yeah, yeah. And then as kind of training camp, training camp progressed, it was, wow, this guy really knows how to run the pick and roll. He's a good decision maker. And so that could be in his future for sure. All right, well, let's keep moving, gentlemen. Let's move to Chicago where Jimmy Butler uh, and his heel issues went through a full practice Thursday and is trending towards being available to play in Friday's game against the Sun. And I think also intriguing – Dwayne Wade, uh, who's sick, was held out of Thursday's practice and is questionable for Friday's game. You know, with a lack of a true point guard that they like that, that starts for Chicago and the ball going through Wade and Butler's hands, I would think if Wade is out, even more of that burden falls on Jimmy Butler, right, guys? Most definitely. He already has a lot of that burden to begin with. Even when Wade is on the court, you especially love Jimmy Butler going up against a lackluster Phoenix team tonight if Wade is off the court. Uh, somebody in terms of DFS that's really been an interesting player, Shannon, that I know I'm sure you want to rant about is is Michael Carter-Williams. And that last time out, uh, he was highly owned because he was putting up lots lots of production. But the last time out, he he really didn't do that. And so my question to you is, do you feel safe using him tonight against, again, a lackluster Phoenix team if Dwayne Wade is off the court? No, no, never. Never will I feel safe with MCW again. But you ran him out the last time I did. Played. I did. I mean, he was coming off back-to-back 40-point outings. You know, he looked like looked like he was one of the the main playmakers for the Bulls with Butler out in those two games. But then he, he laid an egg. He had eight, eight fantasy points in 25 minutes against Golden State. Like, even if that game's not competitive, he should have got lots of run and lots of opportunity. He just didn't do anything with it. And, and now I really hope Butler comes back so I never have to consider MCW for my DFS lineup again. The one issue with tonight's game is it's a 10.30 p.m. Eastern tip-off. So very good chance we're not going to know the situation mm-hmm. and know if Butler's going to play until mm-hmm. after lineups lock. So, 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 so last weekend when he was unexpectedly ruled out. So there, there's plenty of risk there and something you got to keep an eye on. So let me check your rotowire updates, I believe. I'm yeah, sorry, DJ, mo- go ahead. Yeah, most definitely. That's what we're here for. That's what we do. We do it well. That's what um, we do. So my question to you then, Shannon, um, Jamal Murray at $4,000, point guard eligible, or MCW, point guard eligible, $4,700. If you had to pick one, you have to pick one because people are going to be out there with that decision, which one are you going to go with? 
Gun to my head, I'm picking Murray because you know you're projecting him for 32 and 10. So that's a huge night. I never said 32. I did say 10, <laughs> but I never said 32. All right. Move All right. Well, on. leave it there. Leave it there. <laughs> Wait, no. One more bit of news before the rant. Sorry, jumping ahead there. Uh, Thad Young wrist issues, unlikely to play in Friday's game against the Wizards. And uh, also unlikely maybe to play in Saturday's matchup with the Bucks, So this frees up some uh, playing time down low for the Pacers. Uh, who, 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 should, who should we be eyeing on the Pacers lineup with Thad Young having to sit? If I didn't already do a good job of riling up Shannon, here we go, Ken. Lavoy Allen, $3,800 ah. tonight against Washington. He's averaging about 28 minutes since uh, Thaddeus Young has, has missed time over the last three games. Um, we all know the most important stat in, fa- in fantasy is minutes played. And if he's playing 28 minutes, three games ago he had a game where he the first night that Thaddeus Young sat out, Lavoy Allen put up, checking here, 39.7 FanDuel points. Come on, Shannon. There's a glimmer of hope that he could at least get to 30 tonight with Thad Young out yet again. There's a glamour, sure, but I'm also looking at, at the most recent game when he posted 12 fantasy points in th- 23 minutes, six points, five rebounds, one steal. Uh, and, and the person who really stepped up during that game was C.J. Miles. Now, the question is, is it going to be Miles or Allen tonight? It's going to be one of those two that's going to step up. I'm not high on either one, but if I had to pick one, gun to my head again, it's C.J. Miles. He, he, he's more pro, prolific scorer. He's coming off a 29-point outing. He'll probably get about 30 minutes. It's just, it's tough. They're both risky. I'm not, I wouldn't recommend either, but if I'm picking between the two, I'm going Miles. All right, fair enough, Ken. You, you were a little premature, but it's because you're ready for this one. I think this is your most highly anticipated Ken's crazy old man rant of the week. The Knicks are a J-O-K-E joke, joke, joke. Before we even get into Charles Oakley, what the hell is Phil Jackson doing repeatedly criticizing and mocking his star player in social media and yet apparently not having the guts to talk to Mello face-to-face? You are killing Mello's trade value, Phil. One wonders if New York is, is having trouble getting Mello to waive his no-trade clause because it just makes absolutely no sense that they'd be this rude to him. Now, it seems odd that Mello wouldn't waive it because, one, the Knicks are a train wreck, and I wouldn't want to deal with uh, that team management. And also, he's got a kicker in his contract where he gets a 15% raise if dealt. And 15% on the multi-millions he's making, I would think that's a considerable chunk of change. On the other hand, as Jalen Rose speculated, maybe Phil wants to get fired. It's such a mess in New York. Is he doing crazy things to get fired because he knows he'll still get paid two more years of guaranteed money and he won't have to be involved in this crap fest? The Knicks have been a joke since inheritance boy James Dolan had the team land in his lap. They've won one playoff series since 2001. Remember, Dolan thought it was a good idea to have Isaiah Thomas as a team leader, even after multiple in-house sex scandals. Dolan is an idiot, an idiot with a history of drug and alcohol problems, and MSG fans deserve better. The Barkley debacle is merely the latest in a long string of Nick missteps. The fact that Dolan and company refuse to acknowledge Oakley and his 10 years of dedicated service to the team is absolutely absurd. They allegedly ignored Oakley because he criticized team management. But he should criticize team management. 
Nick team management is absurd. They're bringing back all these veterans for their 70th anniversary, and they're ignoring the 10 years that Oakley put in during that Ewing dynasty they had. The phrase Nick team management is an oxymoron. They're idiots. I'm not going to get into a he said, she said argument on the events of Wednesday night. But rather, I want to quote Reggie Miller, who I think put this all into the proper perspective. Miller posted on social media, if you're a free agent to be, why would you play for an owner who treats the past greats like this or a president who stabs the star player in the back? Take notice, Kristaps Porzingis, because after Carmelo, you'll be the next scapegoat in this Knicks cavalcade of atrocities. Get out while you can, KP. The Knicks will always be a train wreck, <laughs> train wreck with James Dolan as the owner. P.S. Kudos to Spike Lee for taking Oakley out to lunch the day after the incident. It's good that someone cares. Can Spike buy this team? Ah! Catch, catch your breath, Ken. That was a long one. I got to clear the spit off my monitor. Hold on. I, lo- me- I loved it. It was great. It was good. It was good. And I agree with you. I'm on Oakley's side. Um, I do have a, a couple of takeaways from the rant, though. One, Reggie Miller calling Charles Oakley a great, or anyone else who talks about Charles Oakley being a great like player. Come on, man. He averaged like nine points and nine rebounds per game. He was a tough guy, but he was never a great player. That's just absurd. Don't he was no a great reason. Nick. He was a great Nick. He I wouldn't I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. Right, but right. He was he, a great Nick. For for you for people like me who never saw Charles Oakley play, who would you compare him to today's game? Noah? <laughs> you, you know you know what I was gonna say? Rick Mahorn. But <laughs> that's an even older okay. reference. Yeah. <laughs> no. They they wouldn't Kend- let Oakley Kendrick play Perkins. in today's game. Oh. Perkins, you know. Perkins, he was faster than Perkins. Yes. He okay. was you know, was, I think of Perkins just trying to move those giant feet. I can't even get up and down the court. I mean, and he was definitely a power forward, not a center. Um, yes. he he was he was he was better than Perkins. I mean, I mean Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley's like smaller than LeBron James, but he was a power forward center. Uh, he, the, he had the a decent line jumper, but that was long before anyone used the phrase stretch four. You know, he was his baseline jumper was like eight feet out. Um, but that's when like. They, you know, in the playoffs when the referees would just swallow their whistle and it was just man on man slugfest in the key and you had to have Oakley, you know, the winning NBA teams had guys like Lambeer or Oakley that were like hockey enforcers to do anything inside and protect your stars. So based on what I've gathered, not just from here, but from other references too. um, there's no true comp today because the game is just different. You don't really have enforcers. You don't, but, yeah, you don't. But but what I would guess is somebody like Patrick Patterson, who's maybe not super well known by everyone around the league and doesn't get a ton of o- production. Oakley would break Patterson per- in half before the first half. I think, the half. Uh, <laughs> you know who's uh, this guy's not as good as Oakley, but like modern day, like Reggie Evans. Okay, like someone along those lines. Um, Kenneth Fareed with a mean streak. Gotcha. Um, right. That, and, that and, and Kenneth Fareed, who shows up if, if he showed up every day. Like, yes. yeah. Fareed's not there every day. If, when, but when Kenneth Fareed is on his A game and caring and showing up, that's probably the best comp. Interesting. Yeah. So, 
It's tough. And, and, you know, a lot of things have come out from this. And Oakley has said, you know, he's never been treated fairly every time he's gone to a Knicks games. I heard somebody in the office drop. It's an ongoing war. They've told him not to go to MSG. They've moved him around before. He's criticized the team and Dolan didn't like it. And of course not. I mean, I understand that perspective. Yeah, they keep him off off of every alumni event they have. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. So guys. yeah, one thing I wanted, one thing that I took away from that that awesome rank, and that that's what rants are made of right there, is that maybe Phil Jackson is doing all this crazy stuff because he wants to be fired. I, I'm wondering if he wants to force Melo out because we know that Melo has uh, a no trade clause and that he's just going to act crazy enough to the point where Melo's like, fine, just wave all those no trade clauses. I, I want out of here. But you know, I guess it could go both ways. I never really thought maybe Phil Jackson's the guy that wants out. Transitioning over to Friday DFS, there's no solid way to make a hard transition, but let's do it. Friday DFS, uh, we always do it on the Friday podcast. I know I'm raring and ready to go. In fact, though, a lot of the players that we already talked about are going to be in my lineup tonight. So Will Barton, Wilson Chandler, again, Emmanuel Moutier, Delanil Gallinari, Kenneth Freed are all out today. Are most of your lineup, Shannon, going to have Will Barton and Wilson Chandler in them? Yes. I mean, I'm a one-lineup guy. Come on now. What about I mean, Nicola? Of course. I mean, he's another yeah. great player. That, we've talked about him tons. We, he's a podcast favorite, and anyone, I would, if you can find an excuse to run him out there every, every game, then do it. Um, but yeah, Barton Chandler, we're both all over him, so they're both, they're both affordable, and they're, they're in line for big games. So, Ken, um, I'm always concerned with having too many of of one team in a right. lineup now three is usually the max that i'll go but would you address any concern with having i know you love nikola Jokic. um would you have any concern running out barton chandler and Jokic all in the same lineup well i have them in my lineup now and i keep trying to fiddle with different scenarios to see where else i should go i just can't find anything i'm happy with because like you you know there's, yeah. there's only one basketball to go around so you get a little concerned about uh picking three guys uh so um, I don't know. I you know Shannon's more the expert. Shannon is three the limit, or you have two as your limit. No, I'll go. I'll go four. I have no problem with really? it whatsoever. I mean, if it's going to be a high scoring game, um, which the Nuggets Knicks is going to be, it's it's the over unders at two twenty seven right now, mm, which yeah, is like the highest scoring game of the night. So I mean, if you want to run out seven or eight Knicks and Nuggets combined, do it. More power to you. I'm. I'm running. I've got Derrick Rose and Porzingis in my lineup. Those those are two good options that I like a lot. I, it's a high scoring game, and there's going to be tons of production to go around. Is there a chance this is such a train wreck at MSG that the Knicks just stop caring at some point? That they're that, just like, good didn't lord, that happened, that like happened two years a while ago. ago yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, just get this season to end. Get me out of here. Everyone's calling their agent saying, you know, get me out of here anywhere. Not that there's a lot of desirable talent on that team either, but uh, yeah. It's, it's all right. Weird. Well, what's funny is that Mello is the has been the one guy who's adamantly said, "I want to stay here. I want to stay here." Right, and, and, and that's the one player that everybody wants to leave. Funny enough. Yeah. Now uh, you have a Nick Shannon in your picks for tonight. You have two, and I agree with you at the point guard. But uh, give us your two Nicks for tonight. You like? Yeah, Derek Rose and, and Porzingis. Rose is only sixty two hundred. Porzingis is sixty eight hundred. Uh, Zing, Zing is, he, he's had some trouble, but he's starting to turn things around past four games. He's averaging over 35, about 35 fantasy points per game. So I, I think he's kind of out of that slump getting healthy again. 
I'm I'm gonna run him out under seven thousand. Love his upside there. And Derrick Rose is kind of it, it confuses me that Derrick Rose has been undervalued for most of the season. He's playing really well. He's averaging seventeen and a half points per game, four and a half assists. He's had lots of big DFS nights coming off one against the Clippers. He had thirty nine point four fantasy points. He's got a great matchup. Every every opposing point guard destroys the Nuggets, and I think this yeah, could be another was, big game. I was going to add to your analysis. After the Brooklyn Nets, the Denver Nuggets are worst in fantasy points allowed to point guards. Frankly, the Nuggets and Nets are kind of light years ahead of that next group, or behind the next group, I guess I should say. But, yeah, Nuggets traditionally terrible job this season guarding point guards. You know, A good comparison is in Denver's most recent game against Atlanta, Dennis Schroeder, Went off mm, at 48 mm-hmm. fantasy points. He had like 25 fantasy points in the first quarter alone. 24, 5, 10, 3 steals. Um, and he's also one of my favorite picks for Friday night. He's playing Sacramento. He's kind of feast or famine. You know, he'll, he'll put out 15 fantasy points and follow it up with a 40-point outing. But at 6,500 with that 40, 45-point upside against a weak Sacramento team, I, I like him a lot tonight. All right, and let's see. DJ, uh, you want to get into your one of your beloved Laker players? Most definitely. Um, so Julius Randle is somebody I want to talk about um, because I was on 120 Sports this Friday morning, and uh, I was doing my lineup, and I was comparing lineups with uh, Michael Kim and the lovely Alexa of 120 Sports, and Alexa brought up Julius Randle. And, you know, I've kind of written him off because he's coming back from pneumonia, but it looks like he's back to a full complement of minutes and if you look at his his price tag, he's very low. He's the lowest I think maybe he's been all season. $5,700 for a player that gets really close when, when at full strength to $7,000, Shannon. And I'm wondering if that we're going to start to see the bounce back against Milwaukee tonight. And this might be the lowest that Randall will be all season. So why wouldn't we jump all over it now? Well, just a sec. I have, to, I have to stop Googling Alexa 120 Sports. <laughs> um, okay, Julius Randle. Yeah, no, I, I love Randle. Great double-double potential. The fact that he's so cheap makes him appealing. Yeah, he missed, well, and he playing, missed quite playing backups, playing backups for Milwaukee, too, tonight. Exactly. And if, if it's a guy like Michael Beasley who doesn't know how to play defense or refuses <laughs> to play defense, then, then all the better. I, I was, you and I talked about Randle earlier this week. I was worried about him a little bit coming off the uh, illness and injury. He only played 17 minutes in his first game back, but then he got 30 minutes last time out. So I I think that that worry is now gone. Now that I see the Lakers are ready to deploy him 30, 30 plus minutes a game at 5,700, he's a great play. So certainly if you'd find a way to work him in your lineup, do it. Cool. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I think it's uh, I've I've used him in the past. I, I compare him to kind of a baby Draymond where he, he takes the ball at the top of the key, and he finds a way to distribute it. That has resulted in a lot of turnovers this season for him, but he's handling it um, and just has a higher usage rate, which is, which is great for fantasy. That usually correlates to production one way or another. There's one guy uh, that you want to talk about, Ken, at shooting guard. Well, this is purely based on the news this afternoon, but I do want to say that, hey, if Dion Waiters is out again, I like Wayne Ellington uh, at – Super cheap price of 3700 for the Heat. Uh, has done well in a starting role for them. Lots of buckets. We're always we're always confused over who to play at shooting guard. So that's more my afternoon news alert. Let's see what happens with the waiters because if Ellington gets the start, he's going to be a great deal at 3700 But I want to press Shannon. Shannon, you've got to, your other point guard's uh, Dennis Schroeder. Can you get a little more into that? You think he'll do well against Sacramento? 
Yeah, no, he's coming off a big game. Again, he's a feast or famine type guy, but at 6,500, he's got 45-point upside. I like the matchup against Sacramento. It just, Schroeder's got some risk, but it's risk I'm willing to take in that mid-6,000 range. Where are you on on Schroeder versus uh, a Rose? I like, if I'm picking between the two, I I side with Rose, um, but there's, you're looking at other options in that same price range. Ricky Rubio, D'Angelo Russell, who's coming off two stinkers, Reggie Jackson. So there's there's a lot of risk involved with any of those players. But but with Schroeder, you know, he's got a couple 40-point games, two out of the past three games, um, multiple times in the past three weeks. He's top 35 fantasy points. So I like him more, and he's shown more upside than some of the other guys in the same price range. So I... You, you've really convinced me on Rose. I, I really do think that he's going to have a big night tonight. And at $6,200, it's getting really hard for me to pass him up. Um, currently locked in on FanDuel right now, I have Jeff Teague at $7,700 against Washington and Goran Dragic at $8,100 uh, $8, against Brooklyn tonight. If you're going to advise me, Shannon, which of those two players should I drop to pick up Rose? And that's going to leave me with you know $2,000 to upgrade elsewhere. If I had to drop Jeff Teague or Goran Dragic for Rose, which one do you think I should drop? It's a tough call. I think they're both. I think yeah. those two are very good plays as well. But um, the, it's so enticing to upgrade a position by two thousand dollars elsewhere when I realistically think that Rose tonight could, you know, score forty fantasy points. So I would. I mean, my projection for all three of those guys, Rose, Teague, and Dragic, is about thirty-five to forty fantasy points for each of the three. Um, it really doesn't vary much between any of them. I think Teague's Teague's actually shown the highest upside. Um, individual game upside this season. Uh, but I, I would say I'll probably side with Teague and Rose uh, just because Dragic, Miami's playing really well. I mean, he he posted 40 points against Brooklyn two weeks ago, but at the same time, I could see that game getting out of hand pretty early with how well the Heat are playing. So, so maybe he doesn't f- play a full complement of minutes. I'll say this. Uh, I'm not high on Teague playing at Washington uh, Wizards defense is top is fifth best in fantasy points allowed to point guards, but more importantly, they're also just on a super hot streak at home. What do they won? Some crazy seventeen of eighteen of their last home games. Right, they had they some crazy it. streak going. They, they lost, lost to Cleveland, Cleveland on that insane LeBron James three pointer, which that would have been my topic had the whole Knicks thing not imploded more on a positive, amazing. That was just, that game was so amazing. Those overtime highlights were so amazing, but that three pointer bank shot that LeBron hit to go to OT. So honestly, the wizards home streak should still be going, but I, I just worry about Teague just because the wizards are red hot. Teague's going to be awfully tired trying to keep up with John wall. Uh, so it, it, that's my chime in on your your question there. DJ. No, that that's a fair point. And I, I'm right there with you. I, so I just, I just, you know, moved pretty quick and, and took out Drogic and, and put in Rose. And what that allowed me to do is at the center position, I was able to get rid of Robin Lopez and upgrade to Dwight Howard. So obviously um, a Rose-Howard combination seems like it could be better than a Drogic-Lopez combination. Did Shannon, do you think I upgraded in that regard? I do. I do. I like, I like that combo. Um, Drogic and Lopez is fine too. Um, it's a very intriguing slate of games tonight, uh, but the, what I would try—I love the Randall pick. Your Randall pick has got me making lineup changes, 
Um, and then besides, hey, it wasn't mine. It was Alexis. Right. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I knew I liked Alexa. <laughs> uh, all right, time for us to end this pod. What's your last thought, Shannon? Stack Denver, New York. Th- both teams. Okay. Three three guys from each team. All right, Ken. This has been the Rotowire Fantasy Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Get us out of here, Ken. All right, the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. All right, All right for our outro, I, I, I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue going back to the mess in New York. I'm gonna quote Spike Lee, who on Thursday, actually I think he posted it last night, but uh, he had lunch Thursday after Wednesday's debacle. He had lunch with Charles Oakley, took a picture of it put it up on Instagram, and here's what he had to say underneath the photo. Just had a great lunch with my brother, Mr. Charles Oakley, of the beloved Orange and Blue. Last night at the Garden was not a good look for all involved. Last thing Oak said to me is, quote, all I want to do is sit down with Mr. Dolan, man to man, and work this out. Once a Nick, always a Nick? Question mark. I'll add, I'm not sure Dolan's man enough to meet with Oakley. I doubt it ever happens. But anyway, attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line.